Hello and welcome. You are listening to Obsexed, and my name is Brandy. I'll be your host, and this is the debut episode of my podcast. I'm so excited. It's been a passion project of mine, and I've been incredibly nervous <laughs> to publish it, uh, but I've had such great support from my friends who who have been so open and sharing their stories with me, and it made it even more evident as to why I needed to do this podcast uh, and talk about sex and human sexuality. It's such an important issue of topic for, for me and many of the clients I, I work with. Um, I am a licensed clinical social worker, and I am currently studying um, sex therapy. I'm, I'm getting certified as a sex therapist, so I am not currently a sex therapist, but that is the next progression in my career development. Um, and this is kind of a way for me to talk about the things that I'm learning and share them with you and educate you because I'm educating myself and I have seen this need that we need more comp comprehensive sex education in our state of Utah. And we're not getting it in our schools where we should be. We're not getting it at home with our families where we should be. Um, we usually get it from peers. Uh, and that's iffy if it's factual or evidence-based. Uh, we sometimes are getting it from pornography, which is an, an actual representation of sex in, in some, in a lot of ways, actually. <laughs> but uh, most of our education is so limited when it comes to these areas. And, and that's where my passion for this stemmed from. And, and the reason I wanted to create this podcast, uh, I think we need to do a better job at educating ourselves and educating others in these aspects. Uh, I've seen it do so much damage, not having the information and it's, it's in some cases, um, unfortunately driven people to think about suicide as an option. And if you or anyone, you know, is in crisis and having thoughts of suicide, uh, please be aware you can call 988, which, um, is the national number to call if you are in crisis. They have, crisis therapists, counselors there that are available 24-7 on the phone or via text. Um, and it is one place I used to work at. And so uh, I, it is a tremendously great service. And um, all of the people I know that worked there in Utah are so compassionate and understanding and and want to be there to help and support you. So please know that that is a resource available to you. My podcast, um, I want to come at it through the lens of being sex positive. So what does that mean? 
Um, being sex positive is the belief that sex is a healthy force in our lives. And this, this phrase was created by sex educators at the National Sex Forum in the late 1960s. And it describes a person or group that maintains an optimistic, open-minded, non-judgmental attitude towards all forms of sex. Um, all forms of consensual sexuality. Uh, so it's very important uh, that we come at this with sex-positive attitudes. Um, as one of my clients taught me, don't yuck someone's yums. Um, and I, I think that is a really great philosophy to live by. Um, cause what works for me in my bedroom and with the people I engage in sexual activity with may not, um, be what's best for you and, and you and your partner or partners. Um, and I want to encourage you all to figure that out for yourselves and what that looks like. Um, so that you can have the best sexual experiences as possible. Uh, because my way may not be your way and your way not be my way. And that's okay. We're all different. And there is nothing wrong with that. Uh, the other lens in which I want to present this content in is looking at it with the six principles of sexual health. Uh, the current World Health Organization working definition of sexual health encompasses human rights related to the sexual health, sexual pleasure, eroticism, gender, and sexual relationship diversity, sexual satisfaction, diseases, HIV, AIDS, STIs, sexually transmitted um, infections, violence, female and male genital mutilation. I included the male genital mutilation. Um, they just had female genital mutilation, but I do know that there is a growing number of men who um, have experienced trauma due to um, circumcision. And so I, I want that to be acknowledged as well. Sexual dysfunction and mental health related to sexual health. Sexual health is now considered as one of the four pillars of health, physical, mental, spiritual, and sexual, um, which I absolutely love um, because it is my favorite subject and activity. Sexual health can be understood as a set of principles that integrate personal values, ethics, religious beliefs, cultural norms, and unconventional sexual interests or practices. There are six, six sexual health principles um, adapted from the World Health Organization defini definition, constructed um, a broad international set of minimum ground rules upon which each person can come to know their own specific individual 
vision of personal sexual health. Um, and these six principles of sexual health provide a map to balance couples and family conversations about sexual activity, sexual functioning, and sexual relationships before it's a problem or hurts someone. Think of these six principles of sexual health as aspirations and goals for living your sexual life in such a way that you feel proud and create sexual self-esteem for yourself and for those that you love. So what are the six principles of sexual health? The first one is consent. Uh, consent is voluntary cooperation and the, the permission to reach sexual satisfaction and intimacy with oneself and willing partners. Safe, consensual sex is a human right and the essential sexual health principle. It makes mutually positive sexual interactions possible. Consent is a very big issue. And, and we'll talk more about what that looks like and, and go way in depth about consent in future episodes. But that is the first principle of sexual health. Um, the second one is non-exploitation. A person can increase the likelihood of non-exploitive sex when they remain highly motivated to ensure they are not they are not taking unfair advantage to gain access to sexual partner or sexual activity. Um, so kind of asking what are the power imbalances, if any? Is information being withheld from one partner? Sex, sexual exploitation, actual or attempted abuse of position of vulnerability, power or trust for sexual purposes, including but not limited to profiting monetarily, socially or politically from the ex, from the sexual exploitation of another. Um, the third principle of sexual health is protected from STIs, which is sexually transmitted infections and unintended pregnancies. Um, those involved in sexual activity must be capable of protecting themselves and their partners from sexually transmitted infections and unintended or unwanted pregnancy. Have you ever had a safe sex talk? beforehand? If not, we will talk about that um, in future episodes. The fourth principle of sexual health is honesty. Sexual health involves direct and open communication with oneself and one's partners. Honesty is a crucial building block for sexual relationships with others. Honesty is necessary for effective communication to uphold all of the sexual health principles. How transparent are you with your partner? Are your wants and desires expressed? And do you keep your agreements? Those are just some things to think about with the honesty principle. Um, the fifth 
principle of sexual health is shared values. Sexual relationships between partners involve clarifying underlying underlying motives, sexual standards, and the meaning of specific sexual acts for each person. This principle promotes conversations between sexual partners to clarify their consent for sexual relations, discuss their sexual values, and articulate motivations for having sex. This is the other safe sex talk. What does having sex mean to you? And the sixth principle of sexual health, and my favorite, is mutual pleasure. This prioritizes giving and receiving of pleasure. Each moment of heightened pleasure can have many meanings that can change over time and with different partners. Valuing the pleasure of sex as a positive and life-enhancing aspect of sex is vital for ensuring mutual pleasure. Um, Research shows that women are having substantially fewer orgasms than men. I'm going to say that again. Research shows women having substantially fewer orgasms than men. I cannot wait to talk to you about um, orgasms inequality. It's, it, it's so, it's my favorite subject. So we'll get into it. Um, look forward to that episode. A mutually pleasurable sexual activity invites clients to consider their bodily, erotic, and emotional sensualities for themselves and their partners. Is the experience on balance satisfying for both, or is it just a one-way street? These are just really good principles to to look at um, when you're having a sexual relationship. And these are the lens, this is the lens in which um, I hope all the information that I present will come from. Um, I think it's so important to have a framework for that. Um, And I hope we can talk in depth about each and every one of those. And I hope to hear your thoughts and stories regarding each of those, if you do have any. Um, So be thinking about that um, and share those with me at obsexedpodcast at gmail.com. And please let me know if um, you're open for me to share your story. And if you would like me to use your name or not, confidentiality is so important in my profession and consent. So if um, any, any kind of stories that I do share, I want to make sure I have your consent and anything you don't want me to share or change, I want to respect and keep that confidential. Uh, So please let me know if any of those, if you have any stories you'd like to share on any of those sexual health principles. So I had mentioned that I am currently studying 
to get certified as a sex therapist. So what is a sex therapist? Um, it, I get lots of questions on it and, and a lot of people are really scared. I don't know if they want to, they're scared to hear the answer or, um, scared to talk about it, but either way, uh, I want to tell you what it is so that, um, so it reduces that fear of you possibly reaching out to one. So, um, sex therapists are certified sex therapists. Um, so they usually have, um, they're usually licensed mental health professionals. And then they go after that, get certified as a sex therapist. Um, and they're trained to act, they're trained to assess um, to diagnose and provide in-depth psychotherapy. They've specialized, they specialize in treating clients with sexual issues and concerns. Um, a sex therapist might be a social worker, a physician, a psychologist, and aims to address any emotional or mental issues you might be experiencing that are causing sexual problems in your life. Some of those concerns or some of the common sexual concerns, um, you may want to meet with a sex therapist, could be experiencing anxiety in relation to sex or any kind of sexual activity. Uh, it could be being unable to orgasm during sex or get aroused, wanting to have or even wanting to have their first orgasm if, if they haven't been able to. Talking about that, um, fear of sex, it could be mismatched sex drives in couples, uh, erectile dysfunction, pain during sex, sexual trauma, um, issues related to gender and or sexual identity, worries about penis size, um, sex education, healing from sexual shame, improving communication about sex and intimacy, intimacy issues, emotional and relationship issues stemming from sexual difficulties, coping with a sexually transmitted infection, um, how to protect yourself with those, infidelity, such a big one, uh, breast cancer and prostate cancer survivors, technique problems. Um, I get a lot of people that want to talk about porn addiction. Um, and that is a difficult subject for not only the person who's usually being shamed, around watching porn, but sometimes with their partner who their partner doesn't feel that they're enough, that their partner is watching porn because they're no longer interested in their partner. And that's usually not the case. And so, um, talking with individuals and couples about what that looks like, um, is 
one of the main concerns I see a lot of. Um, and sex addiction. Uh, not attracted to their partner anymore or ever and overcoming that fetishes kink bdsm um it could also be um and for those of you that don't know what bdsm is it's activities in which one person controls the behavior of another consensually of course and or puts them in bondage and or gives them intense sensation bdsm derives from b slash d for bondage and discipline d slash s for dominance and submission and s slash m for sadomasochism um you may you may also hear it called erotic power exchange um Non-traditional relationships, uh, I'm seeing a lot of people looking for sex therapy because they're struggling in, um, in their relationship where they may be swingers or um, polyamory. Um, a lot of people are experimenting or exploring ethically non-monogamous relationships and what those look like. Um, and it can be uh, coming to talk about how they can't tell their partner to brush their teeth or other general hygiene type questions. Um, and I know that sounds silly, but some people struggle with telling their, their partner to shower uh, before they have sex, which is just good practice anyway. <laughs> Nobody wants a dirty lover. Um, but those are kind of the common sexual concerns that you can talk with with a sex a sex therapist. Um, a lot of the fears that I hear um, about sex therapy is some, um, monogamous couples think that if they talk to a sex therapist, that sex therapist is going to say, Hey, you should go have a threesome to spice up your sex life. And, um, no <laughs> short answer. That's not what they're going to do. Um, they want to help you in areas that you're comfortable with and in ways that you want to explore. Um, and if a threesome is not that they're not going to suggest it, but they're going to talk to you and figure out what your level of exploration may look like and help you come up with ideas to meet you there. Um, they're not going to impose their own, um, ideas of what that will look like for you. Um, some people are concerned that, if they come in as a couple, the therapist may have them reveal all of their past sexual escapades to their spouse or partners. And again, it, that is completely up to you and your level of comfort and what you want to disclose to your partner. Um, but they can provide that space for you to talk about that and what you're comfortable with. 
Um, nobody is entitled to your information. And we talk, I'll talk a lot about that um, in, in the future, but um, just because you are married to a person doesn't mean they're entitled to your information. Um, and so a, a, a good sex therapist isn't going to make you disclose something that you're not comfortable or ready to disclose. Um, some people think they'll be shamed for, for how little they may know about sex. And no, I hope not. And if, if they do, um, you may want to find a different one because as a sex therapist, one of those roles is to educate you about sex and, help you gain that knowledge that you might not have. Um, and, um, no, we will not watch you have sex. I have no interest in that first and foremost. Okay. Well, um, no, we won't go there yet, but, um, they are not coming into your bedroom. They're not coaching you. They're not telling you uh, to get your butt a little higher. Um, can't remember what movie that was off of. Uh, but they can kind of advise you in techniques that may be better if you have a disability or if um, if if there's some problem physically that you're dealing with and, and aren't able to have sex in, in the same way, they can help you kind of work through other options that might be more helpful um, that you can try, but they won't be there to coach you in your bedroom. Uh, there's absolutely no physical exams, no nudity, and absolutely no sexual touching. Um, so please don't ask. <laughs> um, it, it's very, very rare. Um, but some people do think, um, some people do think that sex therapists are there to have sex with them. So please don't go in with that expectation. It is not like that at all. Um, everyone, everyone has sexual problems at some point. Um, while media, including porn, paints sex as easy, hot, and suggests that everyone but you is having loads of sex. The truth is that having great sex takes work. And so if you've not had it, it's your first time, it will probably be awkward. It, it probably won't be the fireworks that you see on social media or in porn. Um, that's just a form of entertainment, but it really does take work. It takes getting to know 
first and foremost, what you like, what you're comfortable with, knowing yourself and being able to communicate that to your partner. It takes really healthy, direct, open, honest conversation um, about how you feel, what feels good um, if you're uncomfortable. So, so please know that you're not alone in a lot of these, these issues that people are having. Um, so please reach out to a certified sex therapist. If any of these issues are coming up for you or in your relationships so that you can have pleasurable, mutually pleasurable experiences. Um, And I just want to give a shout out to the program I am currently attending. It's through Sexual Health Alliance. I'm learning so much through them. uh, And I hope to continue to educate you with that information I get along the way. I am, cannot even tell you how grateful I am for you to be here, for you to have listened through this whole episode. Um, I, I, it means so much to me and, uh, I hope you listen to the next episode. It's all about virginity, the V card. Um, and I hope to give you all the information you need to live your best life sexually and in the bedroom. Um, So thank you again. A lot of the information I provided today was through the World Health Organization and through the information I'm getting through Sexual Health Alliance. And if you have any comments, questions, concerns, please feel free to reach me at obsexedpodcast at gmail.com. And I look forward to talking with you more. Take care. Thanks again for listening. This podcast represents the opinions of the host, Brandy, and her guests to the show. The content here should not be taken as therapy. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is so unique, please consult your mental health therapist to process any emotions or feelings that may come up due to the sensitive nature of some of the content. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While I make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, I welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of error by emailing me at obsexedpodcast at gmail.com. Privacy and consent is utmost importance to me. Some people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect the confidentiality. All others who are willing to use their real information, their permission, and consent was obtained prior to recording. This podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with our content 
establishes a client-therapist relationship. This podcast is owned by Brandy Boyer Counseling, PLLC.